It's a hockey show for you, the best fans in the AHL. Comets Insider on 94.9 K-Rock. Brought to you by Pathfinder Bank, Slocum Dixon Medical Group, and by Labatt Blue. Uh, Dennis, uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. Uh, could you tell them, for example, uh, what is icing? Well, um... I sing at Penn when uh, the puck come down, bang, you know, before the other guys, mm-hmm. nobody there, you know. Mm-hmm. My arm go comes out, then uh, the game stopped and start up. Uh, what is high sticking? High sticking at Penn when uh, the guy take the stick, you know, when he go like that, you know, you don't do that. You don't do that? Oh, no, never, never. Why not? Against the rules. You know, you're stupid when you do that. Just some English pig with no I brain at all, um, you know. He's here. Who? Oglethorpe. Ogie Oglethorpe? You know Oglethorpe? Oglethorpe. You know, for the sake of the game, they ought to throw this guy in San Quentin. He is a criminal element. The worst goon in hockey today. Oh, yeah, real cement head. Yeah, big afro, 21, 22, watch out for him. He's not playing, he's suspended. It's time to go top shelf at the 72 Tavern and Grill. It's Rain Man and Scoop. Rain Man vacationing this week, so you've got me, Scoop, Joe Roberts, your play-by-play voice, Tom Coyne, who is the public address announcer at the Adirondack Bank Center, Comets Insider, our guest tonight, Cole Lind from Shaunavon, Saskatchewan, and I got to share a table with you at the Not-So-Silent Night fundraiser, uh, fundraiser for the Save of the Day Foundation, and was fascinated to learn... You told everyone at, my, at our table that you grew up on a 10,000-acre farm. That's pretty unique. And you were bragging on your brothers and sisters, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we're not from a very big town. It's about uh, just under 2,000 people. And then lots of the, you know, everything in Saskatchewan is lots of the family's farm. And, you know, we happen to just have a really big one. <laughs> and then uh, it, it's crazy to think, but most of our families, uh, you know, hockey players and then... Uh, my uh, grandparents and uh, dad all farm in the summertime. And I try to help out when I can, but I'm usually pretty busy year-round. What are you producing on that farm? Honestly, you name it, we got it. Soybeans, corn, uh, peas, barley, lentils, wheat, mustard. Uh, I think that's pretty close. To and then, and then uh, when we were talking, you were bragging on, I believe it was your younger brother... Uh, his hockey skills, you're saying, oh, he's better than I am. <laughs> uh, I'd like to think so. I think all my siblings are, are really good hockey players. My, uh, I'm the oldest out of all four of us, and then the next youngest to me is a, a sister, and she's playing uh, CIS, which is University in Saskatchewan, and then my sister uh, is still in playoffs with her major AAA team right now. She's committed uh, Division One to Lindenwood College that starts next year. And then uh, my younger brother uh, was a first-year Bantam this year, and then uh, he's hopefully going to go on to play as an underage in the Midget AAA League next year and hopefully uh, go pretty high in the Bantam draft next year. How many hockey rinks on that 10,000-acre? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really. can get a ton. I, I can imagine. Yeah. Cole Lind with us here on Comets Insider 94.9 K-Rock. And uh, Joe Roberts, your play-by-play voice here. Now, you were talking about a guy before we hit the air who was... Who's neighbors with Cole? Yeah, Dyson Stevenson. I had to ask. When you see somebody's from Shonovan, you have to you have to think that they know them, right? Haley Wickenheiser, one of the greatest 
hockey player. I'm not even going to say one of the greatest women's hockey player of all time. One of the greatest hockey players of all time. One of the most decorated for sure. She's from Shonovan. Uh, you have Dyson Stevenson, who literally grew up across the street from your house. Yeah. Now you share a locker room with him. When he came in, what was that encounter like? Uh, you guys obviously know each other very well. He's, what, 25, 26 years old, so he's not too old. Uh, what was that like? Yeah, uh, I've known him my whole life, so it was, it was really cool to, you know, not only have another Saskatchewan boy, but it's the first time I've ever played with someone from my hometown. So it's been a really cool experience for me, and, you know, uh, I'm really cherishing uh, having him here. He's, he's an awesome guy. I've already had him over for dinner once, so... Um, it, it's you can't really explain it because from being a town with only 1,800 people, like to share the ice even with someone in professional hockey with someone from your town is is unbelievable. Now, when I looked up Shawnee on a map, it looked like it was a little closer to Calgary than Winnipeg, somewhere in between. But on a map, what does that break down to in kilometers or miles <laughs> yeah. or whatever? It's, yeah, let's be clear. It's not close to anything. No, no. It's in the middle of nowhere, I'd say. Um, the Medicine Hat wasn't too far yeah, away. Yeah, it's not too far what away. Do you mean not too far? It's like three hours away, isn't yeah, it? It's like two and a half, yeah. And then Calgary's like four and a half, five hours. Saskatoon is like four hours. Regina, any any big city is, is quite a ways away. So sure. how, uh, how far would you be going... For ice time in those uh, early mornings when you're you're developing your skills as a hockey player? Uh, in the summertime, I spend most of my summers in Saskatoon, but um, that would be four hours from my hometown. So I go home on the weekends and whenever I can, but other than that, like there, there's not much uh, not much ice in the summertime around there because there's not big enough cities and enough you know people to to skate on the ice during the summertime. How do you feel how your game is coming along? Obviously, the Canucks have given you some things to work on. You're getting stronger. You're getting faster. You seem to be more comfortable all the time. How are you feeling about your game? Uh, I feel good. Uh, definitely, it's it's still got parts that I can still pick up on and, you know, uh, things that I can fix. But I think uh, I've come a long ways this year. And uh, I think, you know, there's still tidbits that have to come into my game uh, before I'm even, you know, thinking of being NHL ready. The American Hockey League is the quintessential developmental league. So when you came into the A, um, you must have had some personal expectations. How did you reconcile the reality of playing at this level of pro hockey against what you were hoping to be able to achieve? And now your second season into it, and the progression is, as Scoop was just saying, where you're getting to. Yeah, uh, I think coming up last year was a huge part uh, of, you know, understanding and, you know, developing. Uh, I think that had a huge part in my summer last summer, and I think it will again this year. But um, I I was a little bit more prepared. Uh, I knew it was not going to be easy, and that was for sure. And obviously it's it's shown I haven't, you know, put up the numbers or anything I'd like to. But uh, I I think my game's come a long ways. I'm I'm starting to create a lot more turnovers and, you know, uh, be a lot more hard on on the puck and on the forward check and whatnot. And I think, you know, there's still things, like I said, that I can fix up. But... I think uh, development-wise, I'm starting to understand a lot about what this league's about. I was actually uh, really happy that you just said that because I was going to follow up and say, for those who saw you put up the 90-some-odd points in just 50-something games last year in Kelowna, who look at the numbers and say, what's going on? What would you tell them as to how you think you're developing? Because obviously everybody needs a role, and you can't expect to come into the second-best hockey league in the world and put up 90 points. Yeah, no, uh, I definitely didn't expect to put up that many points obviously but um 
uh, I think this league goes a lot more by what just the numbers show. I think there's a lot more to the game now, and uh, I think uh, numbers have starting to show a little bit for me coming on as of late, but I think uh, there's a lot more to it, like being on the forward check, you know, supporting your teammates. There's so many little things that go into this game that people don't understand, and uh, it goes really unnoticed sometimes, for sure. That is the voice of Colin, number 13 of your Utica Comets. Also, you heard play-by-play voice Joe Roberts. Also here, your public address announcer, Tom Coyne, 94.9 K-Rock Comets Insider every Monday night. And there are 10-cent wings going on here. Literally, when you walk through the door, you smell chicken, and it smells good. It smells fantastic. 10-cent wings until 9 p.m. tonight. Uh, I wanted to get some feedback from, from you, Joe, and from you as well, Tom, this has been a rough stretch for the yeah. Comets. Uh, I, I believe I read 14 games since a win in regulation, lost seven in a row, and the blue line issues are, are pretty well documented at this point. Uh, but it's specifically after the 2-1 loss to Springfield and the penalty shot, I heard a lot of grumbling from the fans. I actually heard one fan... Uh, who was happy that he heard Coach Cull giving a, a little guff to the to the officials following that. And I also heard a fan tell me that the officials left the ice very hastily, that there were still players uh, on the ice. And they were like, well, we, we thought that was kind of weird. Like, what if something happens out there? I, I wanted to get your perspective on what transpired in that Springfield game. You want the overtime? Uh, well, there, was, there were penalties. There were penalties that didn't seem to be called that would have worked for us. And then, you well, know, you know I mean, that's, it's that's, frustration. That's the normal flow of the game. I mean, that, that's you, you're going to get calls that are going to go for you. You're going to get calls that are going to go against you. Um, on the penalty shot, it, it, met, it met all the definition in the book for a penalty shot. It was a clean breakaway. The penalty came from behind. If you didn't interfere, you would have had a shot, uh, an opportunity to take the shot on goal there. You know, I, I, it was hard to argue against it. Um, I don't well, know. Everyone I, was, I heard arguing against it was mentioning all the stuff that wasn't called right. that would have helped us before that. But like you talked, that's you know, normal ebb and flow of the game. Yeah, I mean that 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 all goes along with the territory. Um, there were a couple of things. There were a couple of, of, you know, one of the other things that that meets the standard is if you get the if you get the stick up above the shoulders. The whistle, the arm's going to go up, and, and you're going to stop playing. Somebody's going to go to the box for at least two. Um, there were a couple of times when that did not happen, um, and and that happened earlier in the game, second period. Who knows how to, it's going to end up? You know, the most important thing was you got it to the OT and three on three. You never know what's going to happen in the three on three. You got a bad bounce. Somebody misses a pass. Uh, next thing you know, you got a two on nobody going back the other way, and and, and it was a bad break that that the guy had the breakaway. You did your best trying to come back. As I say, I think it met all the, the the standards. As for those guys leaving the ice, they came over and and did what is often what they do. They'll thank the off ice officials and then they'll head off. And and you know they weren't going to necessarily all stick around if something had happened. The league would have would have had enough to be able. To keep this in mind. At one time, you used to have to have referees on the ice for pregame warmups. They don't do that anymore either. So, you know, I don't I don't know about about any complaints along those lines. All right, Joe, and, and your reflections. 
There's a couple things in this life that I like. Um, I like my wife. I like my dog. Um, I like my job, and I like the money that's in my bank account to stay there. So I'm not going to mention okay. anything about the officiating. Fair um, enough. With that being said, there are some realities of the situation. Some of the realities of the situation are, to Tom's point, um, there was a breakaway. Another reality is that that guy is, and this isn't this isn't subjective, or or um, you know hyperbole. This, this was the fastest player in the American Hockey League, Anthony Greco. He won it. He would have won the NHL fastest skater at their All Star game. And another reality of the whole thing is, is you get a penalty shot in overtime on the road, you still have to score. So the fact of the matter is, is that he earned the penalty shot because he's fast. He created some separation where there's some sticks going in. Yep. Where'd they hit? Tough to tell, tough to say. But in real time, when you're watching that play happen, the call was made as it was. And he still had to convert on the penalty shot. He converted, um, you know, a point was picked up. And, and I would say that's that. All right. Well, I had to ask because my ears were getting chewed. I, I will say one thing to everybody who, who moaned and groaned about the two games this weekend at home. And, and it'd be interesting to get Joe's perspective on this and, and Cole's perspective on this because he's got the best seat in the house of all of us. I don't know. Mine's good, though. Uh, I get to watch everything really right unfold. <laughs> well, I'm right there at the red line. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was a, a, these two games were about as physical a hockey game as we've seen uh, a Utica team play I remember this Joe season. said that uh, the, the Comets were contesting every whistle, every, every play at one point. Every, they, were, they, were, they were charging the puck. They were on the puck. They were fighting. They were winning those little battles that you need to win to win a hockey game. Um, and they were physical. Petgrave was throwing the body. Stevenson was certainly throwing the body. Um, uh, uh, Enselmini was throwing the body. You know, guys that we don't get enough, uh, enough of a chance to usually see we're playing physical, and that blended over. I mean, Woods is going to throw, he'll throw the body in an usher if you give him a shot. So, you know, these guys were just, it was physical, it was hard-pressed. These guys were really playing hard-nosed hockey. I would actually love to get Cole's take on this because one of the things that I've noticed from up top is um, part of the identity of most of those teams in the Atlantic Division, and look at who is on our calendar this weekend at home, right? Um, part of the, the identities of those Atlantic Division teams is that they are physical. Uh, do you think those games are actually more physical when you play Springfield, Hartford? Did you notice with Hershey or Wilkes or, or whoever? Um, I'd say they all the games this year have been really physical compared to what I'm used to or what I was used to. But uh, it's a grown I, man effect. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I would not. I wouldn't say they're more physical than if we played a Syracuse or especially a Syracuse because how much we play them and how big of a rivalry we have with them. But I think uh, kind of with the bodies we've had out of the lineup these last couple of weeks with, you know, Boosh and uh, Pyatt not being in the lineup, we were missing some, you know, depth in the goal scoring side and things, and we knew we had to pick it up somewhere else. And I think uh, uh, we did take the body a lot more this weekend than we than uh, than usual. And I, I thought uh, at points, like, we were absolutely dominating both of those games. I thought at some points of the game, and uh, I think we deserve better in both games. But... Um, uh, I think there's light coming at the end of the tunnel here right away. With Cole Lind on Comets Insider 94.9 K-Rock, how cool was it to be a part of Seamus Malone getting his first professional goal in his first professional game? A pretty special moment to be there with that guy as he gets the experience. Yeah, it was awesome. I think that was like the first time that I've kind of been around for a new guy to you know, show up and 
and to get his first goal in the first game is awesome uh for me it was a lot different it took me a long time so i i think for him it's it's uh it's really good that he got it out of the way early and i think that'll grow a lot of confidence for him for the end of this season as well we are live from 72 tavern in grill the wings are 10 cents until 9 p.m. I'm Scoop. Joe Roberts is here. Your play-by-play voice, Tom Coyne, public address announcer, and Cole Lind, number 13, in your program as well. More coming up. Comets Insider on K-Rock. Let's go, Comets! Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill. Back to Rain Man and Scoop on Comets Insider. You take off! On 94.9 K-Rock. Rain is vacationing. I'm Scoop. Cole Lind, number 13, is here. We've got Tom Coyne, who you hear at the odd. We've got Joe Roberts, who you hear on K-Rock Call the Games. And we have 68 points right now, our Utica Comets. And we're chasing Belleville with 72. Boy, that's it. Wednesday night matchup. Looms large, certainly. You know, I mean, every point counts for so much this time of year. Wednesday night is the night to turn it around. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, from my chair, obviously, it's probably different than what it looks like from Cole's seat. Uh, obviously, Belleville's a team that's playing really well. Uh, they had a lengthy point streak that they put together. I think it got up to like 13 or 14 games. Uh, they're finding their identity. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they just, uh, you know, they got better when they got Schlappick sent down to them. Obviously, Archibald and, and some names that Comets fans are familiar with. And um, you got to go on the road to do it on Wednesday. The good thing about it is that it's one of those where you get to go into town a little bit earlier. You go in the day before. You get a good night's sleep. You get to go through a routine. You're not riding the bus going to the game like Rochester, Binghamton, Syracuse, the likes. Um, I would say... From uh, from my chair, there's no reason why this team won't be ready to go. Uh, I think that maybe slowly but surely, day by day, the comments are getting healthier and healthier. Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a radio guy. But by the looks of it, Dylan Bluegis and uh, Tom Pyatt are back practicing at full strength. So Seamus has a hand thing. Is that what's going on? Uh, yeah, that appears to be what's going on. And, you know, I don't know if he's going to play this week on Wednesday. I'm not sure. Um, you know, if he trots out to the ice and he's ready to go. Um, but for my chair, I, I don't see any reason why Colin and the guys won't be buzzing to take the ice on Wednesday because I have to imagine that there's nothing you like less than losing. No. you got to hate losing more than winning to play hockey, I think, is the biggest thing. And on Wednesday, it's the biggest game of the year straight up. Um, we're chasing these guys, and this is a game that we need to win. And uh, I think... Uh, there's no other group that I think uh, can do it. I think we've, you know, we've had a stretch here that, you know, hasn't been going so well. And I think uh, Wednesday uh, is the, like I said, the biggest game of the year, and it's it's the game that I think can turn the tides for the last 11, 12 games of the season. And uh, I think that that uh, will make a lot of momentum to to head into those last couple games. Tom, what do you think the Comets need to do? What would you like to see happen? I, I, you know. One of the things about about this club is, uh, and, and I think that a lot of people don't recognize it, there's three 20-goal scorers on this team. That's never happened before yeah. in Comets history. Um, you, you go back to, to the old Utica Devils. They, they scored in bunches. They had a lot of guys that, that could put up great numbers. In Utica, up until this season, there had never been one guy who got more than 20 in, in, in a season. Um, and granted... Boucher is out right now, but you got Caro and, and McEwen both went over twenty, uh, and Gaunt is only four away. Uh, this club can score. The biggest difficulty I think has been 
uh, obviously, consistency at the blue line. It looked great when Shen was in here, uh, and, and you had some of the other guys that were coming back. Um, and it's not as though they don't play hard and physical. In fact, the last two games, I think they played some of the most physical from the from defensive line as we've seen. Um, and, and let me ask you this. With all of the changes that go on, that cannot be easy to see new, new people coming into the locker room on a fairly regular basis. Not only that, but then having them on the ice and not knowing where necessarily they're going to be. How do they fit into the system? Do they recognize how Cull wants the breakout? How do we get back on all these things? That, that just cannot be easy for a hockey team this late in the season. Yeah, uh, it's definitely tough for them especially and for the team to you know adjust to new players and I think that's something that we've had to get used to obviously on a regular basis this year we've had a lot of new faces in and out of the lineup whether it's on forward or D and uh, I think the biggest thing that uh, that I found when I was coming in the the biggest thing that I I thought you have to do is just simplicity is the biggest thing and um, whether it's just chipping pucks out or, you know, just making a simple play. Don't try to, you know, make a home run pass or anything like that. Get it into the forward's hands and, you know, get up the ice. Try to beat your winger up the ice and maybe you get a chance down at the other end. What is Coach Call saying to you, Cole, to help keep your chins up? And maybe he doesn't need to do that, but perhaps to, to sort of make, make you have an even keel, a, a, a steady approach to it, to keep doing the things. Because a lot of times in hockey... You play a pretty good game, you get a lot of things right, but the bounces just don't go your way, and you can't get wins. We've talked about this before on this program. You, the, the other side of that is sometimes you don't play that well and you get wins. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. So what, what is he saying to you right now to help keep you stay the course? Uh, he, the biggest thing he says, we're still in a playoff hunt. Uh, this season is, is far from over, and we've got a lot of... A lot on the table here. There's a lot still to play for, and uh, I think uh, just around the room, it shows how much you know uh, courage and care we have for each other. After you know all this team's been through, you know from last year they had a ton of guys in and out of the lineup, and especially this year again we've had everyone in and out of the lineup. We've had a lot of young guys that have had to, you know adjust their games and and get used to used to the AHL life. And uh, I think the biggest thing is just uh you know stick with it because you know we're in a hunt here and you know uh, i think the biggest learning will come when we make the playoffs with cole lind 94.9 k-rock comets insider you know i i read your story and i'm kind of fascinated by the whole thing is you, you join Kelowna and then you win a, a title with them in fairly short order then you have some seasons three seasons put up a lot of points but now you've got to make that transition juniors to the A, and it, it is quite a transition because you, you can really outskill a lot of guys in junior, and you got a lot tougher guys up in, in the AHL all fighting for the same thing, wanting that NHL deal or, or, or to get that chance. Talk about maybe what went through your head. I mean, I can imagine that you join Kelowna and you, you win a championship, you might have a moment there where you're like, gosh, I, I hope it's always this easy. But they're finding out that it's not that easy. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, the step is kind of like what I made from, you know, going from uh, Midget to Kelowna. I think uh, it's a lot bigger, uh, a lot faster. And, you know, guys are, are working for jobs each and every day. And uh, I think the biggest thing that I learned is uh, 
you know the teammates just around you are really care and they they definitely want to get this is their job and they want to make another get another deal whether it's the next year or whenever it is and uh the biggest thing i'm learning is that that everyone's here uh fighting for fighting for spots on a team and for their job essentially have you celebrated your 21st birthday yet? No, I haven't. When, when, when is your birthday? Uh, October 16th. So we, we got some months to go before we got another, another hockey season, probably. Yeah, exactly. So, well, you're a young guy. I think you're doing a pretty good job growing and, and, and staying with the plan, what have you. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that, and I kind of want to use this to segue into it, I, I, the AHL age limit. You know, I, I watch guys like Jet Wu when we can't get him here as a Utica Comet, you know. And I wonder if there'll ever be discussion about changing that, you know. Uh, it would be kind of cool to see some of those guys here. I wonder if that's something that would ever be on the table. Tom, Joe, your thoughts? I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, there's such a, there's such a difference when you look at the routes that people take, um, particularly if you want to stack up what they're doing in North America and what the traditional route is in North America versus what the traditional route may be for somebody overseas for a European um, who's been playing pro since they were 17 years old. Um, I have to imagine, and again, Cole can speak to this, you know, the Western Hockey League is a tough league. The Western Hockey League has a reputation for being physical, tight spaces, tough to score, um, but again, when your body of work is stacked up against players who are 20 and below versus when your body of work is stacked up against players who are as old as 37, 38 and know the business and have been around the business for a long time, I have to imagine that there's something so fundamentally different in that where it makes sense uh, or maybe a little more sense for a kid who's a Euro who's been playing pro who can come and play in the American Hockey League at a younger age as opposed to somebody who comes through the major junior system. Um, so will it ever change? I have no idea. Do I think I understand why they do it? Sure. I mean, it, it, it's just, I mean, for me, it's, I, I think they want to protect the players. I think they want to make sure that everybody is put in the best position to succeed. But then you have a situation like Michael DiPietro who winds up, you know, uh, debuting. Uh, I think he's well, 18. He was, that, was a, that was a real freak. <laughs> that was the perfect You want to start talking about emergency that recalls. That was a confluence and, of all sorts. That was the perfect storm. Yeah, but I'll tell you, I think one of the other factors that has to really be weighed into it is that money talks and owners of junior programs cut, go back to the reason why he was instituted in the first place. They didn't want to be robbed of talent. And they put an investment in, and then all of a sudden, a kid gets drafted at 17, and, and what they've already put into it, they lose at the box office. Mm -hmm. So they swung the deal. 20's the, day, the break even. I can't see where that's going to necessarily change unless the collective bargaining agreement between the league and ownership and junior programs uh, gets altered, and I don't know where, where that would happen. Do you want to start talking CBAs and contract terms and rules and money and emergency recalls and age limits? You need a much longer program than an hour. Um, also, and, and some a, master's, a master's degree, yes, and a good attorney. Uh, it's very complex, and there's probably a reason why I'm not making any decisions like that. <laughs> gotcha. I just... I look at some of these guys, and they're 18, and it's like I wonder, well, they could 
play here, probably. Ask Cole. You know. I mean, Jet Wu's a Western Hockey League kid. He's what, Moose Jaw, right? Yep. Got, you were a forward. He's a D-man. You probably went up against him. Yeah. Do you think he could play pro right this second? I know that's a it, tough spot. So I know he's part of the tell. organization. Yeah, but, sure. I mean, do you think stewing in juniors for another year would be bad for him? I wouldn't necessarily say it would be bad for him. I think there's parts of each that are good for you. I think, you know, obviously getting used to playing against older guys and a faster a faster league is, is something for sure. And then I think just the confidence levels you get from playing junior and, uh, you know, just understanding and picking up little things day by day, even in junior, uh, will definitely help you in the long run. But it's tough to say whether, you know, they'll ever change the age limit or something like that. Like he said, uh like, even if you get a really skilled guy, come in there at 16, they're drafted by 17, and they're out of there. So that's two years you, you've only invested where you could have them possibly for another five years. So I think that's definitely protecting, like, you know, the skill and the and the, and the age limit, I guess, also as well. I actually, you know, I hadn't thought about what you brought up, Tom, is that these junior teams, they have investments in these guys, yeah. and they're trying to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. And that's a big driver of the... Of and, exactly and, where we are right now, and, and let's face it, the, the reciprocal benefits to the to the system. I think hockey has one of the better developmental systems as far as players are concerned, um, where you can really work with a junior program. Um, you can, if you have the right guys in place, uh, you can get the right setup for talent that you've already drafted or have an eye on. Um, I think that's a really decent, a good system as composed uh, as opposed to what. There's no development system in, in, in football. There's no developmental system. They're just starting to try to, to come up with something in basketball. Um, baseball has a, has a decent system with, you know, A ball up to AAA and the, then the majors. So I don't see where they're going to necessarily rock the boat on it. And, and, you know, you do worry about a kid who's got a ton of talent who then all of a sudden has to stop. There was only one Bobby Orr. You know, there was only one Sid Crosby. There's, Connor there's, McDavid. Right, exactly. There's, there's few of those guys. And you could see him come in and get beat. Nick Jensen had a tough time coming in here and adjusting. Uh, we saw it here in Utica, and, and there's other guys that we could probably uh, pull their, those names out too. We don't necessarily need to do that, but it's a tough adjustment. Comments Insider on K-Rock. Cole Lind with us. Cole, what it would be your favorite memory so far as a Utica Comet? A game, uh, a goal. Sitting down on the podcast with Joe Roberts. There you you go. pick, no there big deal, no pressure. Exactly. Uh, I don't know if you can pick out a specific game right now. We've had a lot of, you know, big games this year, and I think there's obviously a ton still to come in these next 12 games. But I think my first goal will obviously be something that I'll remember for a long time, and I, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I'll remember from this year so far. Here's hoping that over the next 14 games, you have a moment that maybe eclipses that. That might be a, that might be a cool thing to aspire to and hope exactly. for. Uh, we are live at the 72 Tavern and Grill, where they've got 10-cent wings until 9 p.m. tonight. The place is buzzing. It is hopping. We've got more Comets Insider coming up on K-Rock. Now back to two guys who have spent more than a little time in the sin bin. Here's Rayman and Scoop on Comets Insider. We are here at 72 Tavern and Grill. It is wing night. Mondays mean wings at 72 Tavern and Grill. Ten cents until nine tonight. Brought to you by LeMap Blue, Slocum Dixon, Pathfinder Bank. If you missed our conversation earlier with Cole Lind, we're going to have it podcasted later. Google Play, Apple, uh, of course, uh, our social media. 
We'll have the links at KROCKCNY on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram stories. And, of course, you can always listen to Comets Insider with your Amazon smart speaker. You could say, Alexa, enable the KROCK Utica skill. We're streaming at KROCK.com. And uh, with us tonight, Rain Man vacationing the night off. But we've got Tom Coyne, your voice of the odd. And we have Joe Roberts, who is the voice of the Utica Comets on KROCK. Uh, boy, you know, Wednesday's game, Cole said it, probably the the biggest game of the year. He might be a good subject for Comets and coffee, or Comets and cars drinking coffee. <laughs> he might be. He's a good dude. We had him on uh, We had him on the podcast earlier in the year, and he, he one of the things he didn't tell you uh, about growing up in Shonovan when you have a 10,000-acre farm, um, there's a lot of vermin that try to get to what it is oh. you're growing. So Cole Lynn's stories about gopher hunting are hilarious. Like, wow. he has some unbelievable techniques for gopher hunting, and he and his brother would, like, keep score with how many they could knock down, like, a day. This is not a skill set you're going to hear about on a regular no, basis. No, but they're from- bringing in, like, triple digits worth of gophers. <laughs> hey, they got a business to maintain, you know what I mean? They got to protect it, and that's just part of it out there. And, um, you know, cleaning up the vermin was something that he did, and uh, we actually talked about that. He was on the podcast, and he's, he's a riot. He's a really good kid. Um, you know, a lot of people have talked a lot about him because he's a high second-round draft pick. And, um, you know, like I said, he put up 90 points in 50 games last year in Kelowna, and he scored at will in juniors. And, um, you know, he's finding out that that's just not the way it works here. Um, so he's he's working his tail off, though, and that's something that I appreciate. Um, you know, if you're going to work hard, the results are going to come eventually, and he's too skilled for them not to. So uh, just a really, really down-to-earth kid, and, and he's been a good asset to the organization. Tom, your thoughts on what you've seen out of Cole Lynn so far this year? Uh, I, I agree. I think that uh, one of the things that we have to all agree on is those numbers that we hear on draft day coming out of junior hockey don't always transfer comfortably into the pro ranks, and, and particularly uh, coming into this level of, of, of hockey in the American Hockey League, um, you find you have to find your way. Um, but is if you compete for for uh, in all those little puck battles that go on on a shift, it's gonna it'll break your way eventually. It's got to. It's that's just the way the game is played, and and he's I think he's learned that, and now he's starting to to apply that to every shift of hockey. When you're in the last year of your junior career and you're putting up numbers like that you've kind of earned your stripes you've kind of earned those bounces that puck lock that King you, of the hill. you just have to work a little bit harder you have to get a little greasier if you want those to happen at the next level i mean it's it's just like anything else but again you do things the right way you go about things the right way and uh, why wouldn't you get rewarded well there seems to be a segment of the twitter sphere out there who expects those junior numbers oh. to translate to the nhl level. well hey look 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 every expert is on twitter every person on twitter is yes. an expert yeah. so what they're saying has to be true read into it directly follow it religiously they know exactly what they're talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh. If there's anything to leave you with tonight, it's that. Thank you. Great sense of humor, Joe. Uh, so you've got uh, who, who may be coming up next on the Comets cast? Uh, we have a, an episode with Jonah Gadjevich, which is out right now. It's very, very funny. 
Um, I learned something about Jonah Gadjevich, and I think he's here. If he's still here, he might he might have just walked out. I could have called him out in front of everybody, but uh, he's, he doesn't know what Amazon is. Like, he's never used Amazon in his life, and that was an unbelievable revelation. Like, it takes a big man to admit that you've never used Amazon in your entire life, and um, you know, he's he was actually he was a really funny guy. Uh, it's great to get to know these guys on a different level. You know, um, uh, their job is to be pro hockey players, but that's not what defines them as a person. So to be able to learn about them on a on a personal level and kind of let them let their hair down and, and show their sense of humor is a lot of fun. So Jonah Gadjevich was on the last one. Uh, we'll be on a week break here because of uh, the travel schedule and stuff going on. But hopefully we can squeeze one or two more in before. Uh, we turn the calendar to April, and once April happens, it's going to be a playoff focus entirely, entirely, entirely. So uh, I'll lay off the guys and stop, stop asking them for a half hour after practice. I think we got kind of an interesting window into Zach McEwen's personality and the Comets and Cars drinking coffee thing. Of course, you know, we I, I joked with you last week about taking the bite out of the potato, but he, he really didn't have any hesitation uh, and taking a bite out of that potato. And he, he didn't wait too long to spit it out the side of the, no, he, he, <laughs> the vehicle either. He didn't care for it. Uh, but he also, you know, when you have a guy who's willing to kind of go over the top for the bit to land with you, you know you have somebody special. Um, Zach McEwen's got a great sense of humor. He is just, uh, you know, he's so nice. He's such a nice kid. And, um, you know, he's he's one of those where, Tom, we were just kind of going back and forth about earning it, yep. earning, earning the bounces, earning the opportunities from just not having any expectations to being a guy that is being talked about uh, potentially being an everyday or next year. Um, that does not come lightly, and, and he has earned that every step of the way. So it's so great to watch the rewards that he's reaping because uh, there's something special about that kid. And, and I think down the line he's going to be one of those guys where you almost had you had the feeling with Demko, and you know you guys might have had those experiences with, with uh, players who preceded me being here, but he's one of those where you just feel like one day you're going to be able to take such great pride in the fact that you watched him play in Utica. Yep. And I know that a lot of people have players like that, and so uh, I, I think he's special. His mother, Juliana, had had a, a funny blog post over the weekend talking about a lot of the early ice times and uh, that they were in, I believe it was in uh, New Brunswick, uh, St. John, and they're, they're, you know, the fog of the early morning. Nobody's really awake. They just had a couple of sips of coffee. You know, they stayed up maybe a little too late having fun the night before. <laughs> and uh, Dad is asking, uh, you know, what's the name of this uh, arena we're going to today? And, and she's going to try and type it into the GPS. And she says, Stu Early. And it's Stu Hurley, apparently, but she didn't really say the H. And and, and so Dad's like, yeah, I know it's early, but where are we going? Where's the yeah. arena? It was like, it Who's was like, on first? It was, it was like an Abbott and Costello routine. <laughs> That's a, a fun read. I know, uh, I think it was Ben Brunel tweeted that. Uh, and you can always look up. Zach's mom, Juliana, for a follow on Twitter as well. She's a definite hockey mom. We are live from 72 Tavern and Grill, 10 Cent Wing Night, more Comets Insider. On the way, we've got Corey Hergott of Canucks Army joining us to talk about the state of the Canucks and the Comets. All ahead on Comets Insider on K-Rock. I'm here with my main man, and I got to know, how you going to do that hockey? Utica Comets Insider, live from the 72 Tavern and Grill, it's Rain Man and Scoop on 94.9 K-Rock. Rain vacationing, you've got me, Scoop, Tom Coyne, your voice of the odd, and Joe Roberts, your voice of the Comets on K-Rock. 
And one of the things I wanted to mention quickly before we go to Corey Hergod of Canucks Army was the story that broke Friday about the Utica Junior Comets merging with the Syracuse Stars. That is now creating really a line from the Junior Comets all the way to college hockey. And there's some notable graduates of that Syracuse Stars junior program, Robert Ash, you might be familiar with him, the Sestito brothers. So uh, that was a, a big story. It, ben Burnell tweeted that that got a lot of attention uh, on the Observer Dispatch website. And, and joining us now from Canucks Army, he is a must-follow. We always say that uh, if you're a Canucks fan, if you're a Comets fan, and you want to see how these players are developing, nobody is watching more of these games than Corey Hergott. How are you this evening, Corey? I'm doing well. How are you fellas doing tonight? Whoa, you have a voice? <laughs> Whoa. Corey, you're a real person. I thought you're just on Twitter. That's the only place we interact. To hear you on the phone, it's surreal. I'm a real life person. Nice to meet Check you, Joel. That out. Yeah, nice to meet you too. You know, uh, Scoop said you watch more games than anyone. You probably watch more than I do sometimes. Uh, well, I, I watch uh, I watch all the games that they played since the start of last season when I took my job at Canucks Army. So uh, I, I'm pretty proud of the fact that I haven't taken any nights off and I haven't missed any games, and I've been able to bring a, a certain level of of coverage to. Uh, to the readers out here in uh, in BC and and to those in in Utica that read me as well. Corey, uh, let's get your view on the state of the Comets. Obviously, this is the home stretch here. We got to get points. It starts Wednesday night at Belleville, the team that we need to pass to get that fourth spot for the playoffs. And yet, it's been 14 games since a win in regulation, uh, seven straight losses. At times, the team is doing a lot right. Uh, but then the bounces don't go your way or uh, a mistake. Uh, your thoughts, what are you seeing? I, I'm sure you can feel some of the frustration through the screen. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be tough for the guys that have been there all season and they've they've had to, uh, you know, they've seen guys getting called up and guys getting injured and, and uh, some of these guys that are playing now have missed, you know, significant time with injuries as well. Uh, it's it's all kind of part of the life of an AHL squad. So uh, you know, as much as we hate to see it, I think we we kind of understand it that this is kind of what happens. Um, you know, I I think one thing that I I always come back to with this team that we learned last year is a team that's coached by Trent Call and this staff. Uh, they generally don't give up. There's not uh, there's no no quit there. So he, he Call and his staff generally get the guys pulling on the same end of the rope. And I think that's what they what we need to see going forward here. I think the special teams, if they can get those back on track, that would be a a huge huge bonus. The the penalty kill has started to look better the last couple of games, so things are kind of heading in the right direction that way. Who might be some unsung Comets heroes of this stretch of games? Because you know nobody pays attention when you're you're losing. Well, I mean, if you look at a guy like uh, like Cam Darcy, he's uh, he's kind of been the thrust into the number two center role for the bulk of the season, and I think he's done a, a pretty decent job of that. Um, you know, he's a guy that plays bigger than his size. He uh, He's all out when he's out there. He, he kind of can lift up some of the other players around him as well. So I, I really have a lot of time for for what he does with this team. I think Brendan Woods has, has done a pretty nice job this year as well in, in his role. Uh, I, I don't think I'd want to be tangling with that guy. Uh, when, when he gets angry, he looks like uh, he's really angry out on the ice there. So he definitely brings something to this team that, uh, you know, with the loss of uh, Darren Archibald, 
when Brendan Woods can step up with that sort of game and a guy like Vincent Arsenault as well, that, that kind of thing really helps. Uh, those are two guys that I can, uh, you know, think of offhand. I think Michael Layton's done a nice job of settling things down on the back end since coming aboard as well. He he kind of calms uh, the blue line down a little bit. Uh, I really like the way he handles the puck. He's almost like a, like a, another defenseman back there sometimes just to settle things down uh, when the puck's rung around the boards or, or, you know, when he's trying to make a stretch pass up the ice as well. I think he brings that to the table. You know, Corey, uh, this is Corey Hergott of Canucks Army on K-Rock here, 94.9 K-Rock Comets Insider. I was struck by Coach Trent Cull's comments the other night. You know, he, he said, hey, we want to, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, we want to win for these guys, meaning the fans. I think they understand what's going on. And it was good to hear that from Coach, but it was also interesting to see sort of the social media back and forth from Comets fans who seem to be pretty supportive that they they get it look you know the the blue line isn't the same and i i was struck by the fact that boy the the tenor of that conversation is a little different than what you deal with Corey, when you're dealing with canucks fans regarding the parent club and regarding this club here in utica yeah i tend to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of backlash on twitter when i uh, when i discuss the team uh just kind of because of, of my backstory a little bit uh, and who i am I, I generally try to to lean more towards the positive side of things and uh <laughs> that doesn't always go over so well with canucks twitter who sometimes tend to like to lean towards the negative side of things uh so what ends up happening on twitter is is i will see a a storyline being put out by by somebody that maybe doesn't have the benefit of watching as many games and that storyline I don't think has a full picture painted so I'll you know get out my paintbrush and I'll add to that picture with the, the information that I have and uh, sometimes that doesn't go over so well when somebody's trying to run a narrative and and uh, and uh, you know, I, and I can show it in a different light that maybe will show people things that they're maybe not aware of or maybe don't quite understand uh, because they're not getting a full picture. Well, what are your thoughts on the development of Cole Lind, who was our guest earlier tonight? Well, I've seen big, uh, big development in his game this year. I, I know, like last year when he came in, uh, his eyes were opened for you know the difference in junior to to the American Hockey League. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to talk with Cole briefly at development camp uh, in Vancouver and, and spoke with him a little bit about that. And uh, he did say to me, you know, he it, it, it's going to take him a little bit of time to learn what he can get away with and what he can't at that level, uh, and that it is a big adjustment. And people have to remember, it's not just what happens on the ice. That's an adjustment for these players. They've, you know, they're, they're out on their own for the first time, a lot of these kids, and they are still kids. I mean, I've got kids not much older than Cole, so <laughs> I still see him as a kid. And, and uh, you know, these guys are out on their own for the first time, and they're learning that end of things as well and learning how to take care of themselves uh, physically and, and uh, getting the right amount of sleep and all that sort of stuff. And, and that's all part of it for these guys, and people need to realize that. and It doesn't all just kind of come overnight. So as far as Cole's game, I, I'm seeing uh, confidence in his game building with every game. He, he looks more confident out there. Uh, he's, you know, going into scrums after whistles, and he's kind of the first guy in there, and, and that was something that he did in junior, and if he can bring that over 
to the pro level, I think that uh, that bodes well for him in the future. He doesn't need to be a tough guy out there, but it shows well that he's willing to get his, his nose dirty when he needs to. And, and uh, I'm seeing some really nice playmaking coming from him as well uh, that we weren't maybe seeing earlier on in the year. And I think that does come with the confidence that he's been building. Thank you so much. That is Corey Hergott of Canucks Army, a must-follow if you're a Comets or Canucks fan. You'll always get little nuggets. You know, Ben Burnell from the Observer Dispatch, also a great follow. When you want to know what's going on at practice, when you want to know little bits of information to sustain you through the day until your next Comets game, uh, both those follows, great place to be. Thank you very much, Corey Hergott. 94.9 K-Rock, Comets Insider brought to you by Labatt Blue, Slocum Dixon, Pathfinder Bank. Of course, you can hear it on the app, the K-Rock app. You can stream it every Monday night, krock.com. And uh, we're 8 p.m. we got another hour of 10-cent wings here at 72 Tavern and Grill. I am Scoop. Thank you, Joe Roberts, play-by-play voice, for joining us. And thank you, Tom Coyne. I'm hoping we all get to see a win Wednesday night and that that is just the beginning of a nice string of wins to take us to the postseason. Comets Insider on K-Rock. Go Comets!